You've dreamed of building a family, but the journey hasn't been easy. I'm Dr. Laura Shaheen, a reproductive endocrinologist helping people build families every day. On our new podcast, Baby or Bust, we'll be learning from both reproductive experts and people who have faced challenges just like yours. Join us every week for Baby or Bust, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Make sure to follow us so you never miss an episode. Today on the Zabecast, how much would you pay for a Babe Ruth jersey? You know, like one that the Bambino actually wore. Porn stars are mad at Instagram. Notorious J.A.Y. has had it with Jamel Hill. That plus J is ready for the Biden-Trump Rumble Royale over the next 18 months. Your bonus 40 minutes of me is locked and loaded, so crank it up and let's go. Oh, here we go. Thursday, June 20th, 2019. Thank you for downloading. Let's get right to it. Notorious J.A.Y. is due up here in just a minute. I talked to him earlier today. He has plenty to say, including his thoughts on Jamel Hill and her uh, pearl clutching about LeVar Ball and the Molly Kiram incident from earlier this week. But before we get to Jay, a couple of things. First off, a Babe Ruth jersey just sold at auction for over $4 million. In fact, it might even be $5 million, an authenticated, genuine, bona fide Bambino baseball jersey from something like 1930. It's crazy to think about. I was thinking, well, at $5 million, is that not the single highest price ever paid for a piece of sports memorabilia? If not, what what else has gone for more than that. I'm sure somebody will send me a list. Yeah, because you don't do any research. Okay, that's enough from you. But that's a hell of a piece of memorabilia. There's another Babe Ruth jersey that apparently sold for a bit less a while ago. I don't know how many are in circulation. I'm sure some of the other legendary vintage ball players from way, way, way back, those jerseys I'm sure sell for quite a pretty penny. And I just wonder, what is the highest-priced jersey out there? It got me to thinking about, hey, uh, I'm a golfer. Wouldn't I love to have the equivalent, in terms of golf shirts, of the ba- of a Babe Ruth jersey? And if so, what would that Babe Ruth jersey be? For me, it would be the yellow golf shirt that Jack Nicklaus wore when he won the 1986 Masters, the oldest player to ever win a major championship at age 46 and turn back the clock. That would be something special right there. Now, could you authenticate it? How would you do so? Does Nicholas even have that that golf shirt? Does anyone in golf keep golf shirts that they wore as de facto jerseys and keep them framed in their trophy room? I don't know. I would hope Tiger Woods has the shirt he wore when he won the Masters in 1997. I mean, why get rid of that? Would that be something you'd say, ah, yeah, this is an old Nike Nike shirt they gave me? And, and I know for you non-golfers out there, you're just rolling your eyes and laughing, saying, it's a fucking golf shirt. But it's not, though. It's the shirt that witnessed greatness. And it's the equivalent of a golf jersey, and yet I've never heard of any market for 
or any even real memorabilia being golf shirts. Maybe it's out there, maybe it's not, but it just got me to thinking. And I don't know, I can't remember if it was the jersey that um, Costanza wiped his hands on when he was trying to get fired from the New York Yankees. I don't know if it was that or a Garrick jersey or a Mantle jersey, but pretty good scene in Seinfeld. Story number two, porn stars and Instagram. They're beefing right now. Here's the story. Adult performers to picket Instagram HQ over company's nude photo rules. Dozens of adult performers are set to picket Instagram Silicon Valley headquarters over guidelines about photos containing nudity. The inconsistency of the rules, they say, has led to hundreds of thousands of accounts being suspended and they say is imperiling their livelihoods. Adult performers are leading the protest on Wednesday, but other users, including artists, sex workers, queer activists, sex education platforms, and models, all say they've been affected by the platform's opaque removal system. They're not necessarily critiquing or criticizing or complaining about the platform for enforcing standards. Instead, they complain that the Facebook-owned app, Instagram, doesn't notify which users, uh, doesn't notify users which standards were violated and provide provides little direction about how to restore accounts. Well, that's a big deal if you build up your Instagram following and you're making money off of it and you're booking appearances by way of it, and then all of a sudden you put one nipple shot up there and it's like, boom, gone, deleted, violation of standards. Uh, Hello, who do I talk to about this? Where can I protest? How do I know what I did wrong so if I ever get reinstated, I don't do it again? Answer to all that, good fucking luck. Instagram don't care. As Instagram grows, the service now has more than 1 billion users and an influencer market of 1.7 billion expected to reach as high as 2.3 billion by 2020. These types of decisions affect the livelihood of a growing number of users relying on the platform for booking work, including one Amber Lynn, an American porn star based in L.A., She said her account was terminated without warning or explanation two months ago. She had more than 100,000 followers. Quote, I sent Instagram multiple emails through my lawyer and they still will not tell me what they did. They do not answer you. They do not give you an opportunity to correct any problems or even tell you what problems they had to begin with so you can avoid it in the future. Lynn said she'd been building her portfolio on the platform for five years and lost it without warning. Videos and images she had shared with her brother, of her brother, who has since passed away, are now gone forever, she said. There was a lot of stuff that was not just content of me as a model and an actor, but private, personal mementos that were lost just because they can take it with the flick of a switch. And Instagram doesn't care. There is threat of a, ca- there is threat of a class action lawsuit as well. Yeah, this totally sucks. I get it. Of course, it all stems from the fact that these apps are free and they have terms of service that are written in dense legalese that you are required to click on the I agree button before you open your account and they have you buy the balls or in this case, the ovaries. What can be done? I don't know if there is anything Like she said, Instagram doesn't care. 
They've got all these other users. So what if a few get thrown overboard? They don't care. And yet this is a crucial part of a lot of people's livelihoods, and they're building businesses on these social media platforms, not just Instagram, but Facebook as well, and Twitter as well. And you're at the whim of big tech saying, just on a moment's notice, that's it, you're done, you're out. It does seem like something has to come to a head. There is talk of and threat of congressional involvement, litigation, talk of making some of these platforms essentially public utilities. I don't like that talk. I don't think that's going to work as a solution. I think there'll be more problems that crop up. But here's one way to do it, and it would take somebody having the balls to say, okay, we're going to build our platform, and here's how we're going to do it. You make people pay something to be on the platform. I know nobody likes to pay. Hell, I have to bang five bucks out of my listeners here on this podcast Every month, just to keep the lights on. Oh, oh, what's that? What's that? Oh, oh, you're right here. Oh, sorry, I'm sorry. You're right here listening. My my apologies. <laughs> Nobody wants to pay for anything, and that's the problem. Five bucks a month for Instagram? Who wouldn't pay that? Answer: A shitload of people. They'd be like, "What? This is an outrage!" As the millennials then sip on their six dollar coffee that they get every single day at Starbucks looking at their free app called Instagram. If you made people pay five bucks, then it would be a lot easier to say, hey, you know what? Our rules of service are very liberal, and there is very little that can get you kicked off the service, short of outright harassment or other really bad activities. And because you're paying to be on the service, then you also have the rights to A, talk to a representative, B, have some sort of appeal process, C, whatever. And bottom line, if people don't like porn stars being on Instagram or the paid version of such, just don't pay. It's almost like by paying, you're opting in to say, hey, we know this is going to be a platform with very little restrictions and with the ability to at least have your say when it comes time to defending your account or restoring your account. Maybe it's just Pollyanna by my count, by, by my estimation. Maybe, first of all, who, who, who's going to try to start up their new Instagram that costs money? Nobody. There already is Instagram. It's, it's too big. These entities, these platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, they're too big. That's where the fish are. And so people that want to make a living by fishing for them, whether they're a guitarist or a porn star or a podcaster, they got to play by the rules that are set out. And unfortunately, the rules are very unfair. They are not well spelled out. And when you run afoul of them, good luck. You can be unpersoned in a heartbeat. I feel for Amberlynn. She put her brother's pictures up on her porn Instagram with all of her coochie shots and whatnot. And now they're gone forever. Didn't back them up. God, that's weird. Today's generation, they keep no copies on hard physical media in their possession. The Notorious J.A.Y. joins us after three straight nights in a hotel room talking to myself, going crazy. It's good to have you back on the Zabecast, Jay. How is Milwaukee? Milwaukee is fucking great. These people up here... 
man, they treat me really nice. And my listeners up here, my fans up here, Jay, they are great. They are loyal to me. And, you know, to quote Matthew McConaughey in the Family Guy episode where Stewie's ripping him a new asshole at the bar, and Matthew McConaughey says, yeah, <laughs> you know, they just like little old me. They just needed some of that down-home enthusiasm, I guess. No, 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 you really suck. You're the worst ever, Matthew. Did you ever see that, you know, the uh, Stewie talks to Matthew McConaughey? Uh, they all run together. Oh, but I, I, you I'm, suck. I'm, I'm sorry. That's I'm, okay. Thanks. No, the people well, up here are great, and uh, I'm, I'm having fun with this new show, and uh, we're finding our way. And it's funny because, you know, Certain things on the East Coast, Jay, where we're East Coast hard, feed the buffalo. They're they're like a buffalo. They feed the tribe for a long time. Like this Aaron Rodgers thing about audibles that came out in the Mike Silver article with Matt LaFleur saying, well, you know, we're going to have to work through that. I've got a system. i got a system I've been doing with Kyle Shanahan for years. That would have been a huge fucking deal if it was our quarterback back home. And here they kind of shrugged it. They kind of thought, eh. It'll work Who cares? out. It's Aaron Rodgers. Nobody cares. Well, Aaron will figure it out. But here's the th- I think it's a, I, I've been trying to tell these guys up here. I said, this is a big deal. They're like, nah, nobody will remember. This is June. Nobody will remember it come football season. And I said, well, if you put up six against the Bears on Thursday night to kick off the NFL's 100th season and the offense looks like shit on a stick, guess what? It'll be right back on the doorstep. Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur are not on the same page. Why didn't they work on this during the offseason? Here's my kind of a question about Aaron Rodgers. Yes. Is he liked or hated in that area? <laughs> is he, is he like Ben Roethlisberger? Some there, hate him, some like him. It's, you know what? He is in that sort of big Ben zone where he, you know, it, it once upon a time, Jay, in this league, quarterbacks who win for you and win big – are gods, right? They can do no wrong. We're now entering an age in which even some of the best quarterbacks are not immune from some sort of blowback, I believe. Maybe it's the current media environment we live in. Maybe it's social media. Maybe I don't know what it is. I, though, have already said I am 1,000% team Rodgers. I am ride or die with number 12. To me, Everyone should shut the fuck up and listen to him because he is a a god on the football field. Not everyone up here believes that, though. Mm -mm. How much of a leash do they give Matt LaFleur? Well, that's the big thing. See, they brought in LaFleur. Well, here, let me back up a second. So Mark Murphy, who is the team president, right, and they've got a whole board of directors up here, and there's a lot of people that – there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen because the Packers have no actual owner, right? The, the fans own the team. <laughs> right, exactly. The fans <laughs> own worthless stock certificates. Is, <laughs> yeah. They get they get a meeting with hot dogs once a year in August for the <laughs> shareholder meeting. Yeah. <laughs> right. Hey, hey, how about that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> I think they even charge them for parking that day, but okay, whatever. Oh. <laughs> so uh so anyway, um you were saying how much of a leash does a floor have? So they brought in LaFleur. Yeah. They brought okay, so Mark Murphy who's the team president, he was going to consult with the board on this new coaching hire, right? And they were all going to they were gonna interview a bunch of people, and then after the interview with LaFleur, which was like the second interview maybe, if that, Mark Murphy goes all Leroy Jenkins and runs into the room and hires Matt LaFleur. 
Leroy Jenkins. He's like, he's hired. And the board was like, eh, wait a minute, I thought we were going to talk about this. Nope. I've got the final say. Boom, he's hired. Is this like Jim Zorn? No. Why don't you interview for this job? No. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no. The, uh, um, basically, the, uh, it's the opposite of it. Because okay. because Jim Zorn was because they waited and waited and waited, did the Redskins, and then they had no other option but to promote Zorn. This is a little bit the difference. So so they brought in LaFleur because the Packers and their board are looking around at the rest of the league, and what is the rest of the league? It's quick, you know, uh, pre-planned offense to exploit matchups, use speedy players in open space. If it's McVay with the Rams, it's a lot of misdirection and a lot of different sets that come off of similar formations, that kind of stuff. What's Aaron Rodgers, Jay? Or or young assistant coaches who have no – or young assistant coaches who have no business being head coaches. That's what they're doing. (laughs) There's – Sort of like – Sort of like Arizona. That's the way they're going. Right. There, there, is, there is that. That's definitely the hot trend. And what is Aaron Rodgers? Aaron Rodgers is an old school John Elway type that's going to figure it out on his own at the line of scrimmage. That's why Rodgers is saying, well, you don't want me to throw away 11 years of experience and doing what I can do and very few others can. Three years, Matt LaFleur's fire. That, that, that'll be that. <laughs> Three years? Three years. So Aaron Rodgers will be there. What, what is he, 30? Three thirty-four. Yeah, yeah. Jay, all I know is this: if Lafleur misses the playoffs this year, God forbid, and he stays and he stays two more years, I'm I'm not going to want to talk to you because guess who got one year and done up here with the Packers? Oh, that's right. <laughs> I forgot about that. Ray, the brief right. one-year tenure of Ray Rhodes, who didn't make right. the playoffs in the middle of the Brett Favre era. If that happens with LaFour, I'm going to be like, oh, shit, i got to talk to Jay this week. But you can fire the black man. Fire the black Exactly right. Fire the black man. <laughs> Can we oh, talk the LeVar Ball, by the way? Can we can we just spend the rest of the time on that? I would love <laughs> to spend the rest of the time on LaVar Ball. Jay in Baltimore, you are next up. Want to talk LaVar Ball. Go ahead. I wish Jamel Jamel Hill has to stop reaching for shit. I watched it and I was like, wait a minute. As much as I hate LeVar Ball, I'm going to have to say he did nothing on this one. Just because he said, oh, you can switch it. He wasn't being flicked. And that was the biggest reach of all time in all of social media back people like Jamel Hill. And I'm sure, I'm sure Sally Jacobs wrote a piece about that also. This was the biggest bullshit ever. It Who was cares? it was a huge reach, and I talked it was about huge, it. Big, big nothing. That's exactly what it was. Now, I will say, I hate people who, and we do know people who book him on their shows. I think that those people are lazy when it comes to producing because, you know, you can get somebody else. You you have the lowest hanging fruit of all time. Yeah, and you continue and you continue to put them on your show. That's the bullshit part to me, but. Yeah. He did nothing on this one. Yeah, we wouldn't name names like, you know, Sam Batesh. But, you know, there are guys that are producers <laughs> that we know that. <laughs> See, I was uh, going to take the high road and you said it. I know. Wait a minute. They did hire Dave Coelho. So that right there is just trouble. Oh, shit. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it. This this podcast this podcast gets around, Jay, and there are little spies all over the place, and they will get it back to Cool Breeze Coelho. But uh, 
Okay, if I was lying, I would be something. Okay, you know what? I'll shut up. Okay. You know what? <laughs> Here, let me let me talk about Cool Breeze for a second. So Dave Quello used to produce at Fox Sports, right? And uh, he never produced our show, but he did produce. Oh, well, wait a minute. Did he produce my yes, show? Yes, he did. Okay. Yes, it was. How long was me. it? He begat me. It was. All right. Anyway, was, uh, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Cool Breeze was doing the show, and. Uh, I was just like not feeling it. So uh, I agitated to get you as my producer. And so um, I just kind of thought, you know, his nickname, Dave Quella, was Cool Breeze, may still be Cool Breeze. And I said with a with a rueful shrug of my uh, shoulders, you know, that's how Dave floats through life, like just a cool breeze. There was no urgency. There was no focus. Not a bad guy, but that's what it was. And so time went on. You know, we went on. Things ended. We went our separate ways. It wasn't maybe until... he's killing it in TV. Maybe, maybe that's his calling. Get TV. this, get this. When I talked to Sammy Batesh, had him on this very podcast about eight months ago. I said, "How's you know what's going on?" He mentioned, "Oh yeah, I'm working on you know producer. I'm the executive producer for Coward's TV show and radio show." I'm like, well, "Of course, you're great, Sam. I, I didn't doubt that you'd do well." And he's like, "And Dave Coelho is doing something else big for the network." And I go, "Whoa, whoa, whoa." cool breeze he goes yeah the same guy and i start laughing i'm like how did that guy end up doing well and basically sam was like he found it he's sort of like the david ortiz of radio producers <laughs> he took TV to get better <laughs> no i'm saying i'm saying but david ortiz was a minnesota twin and nobody knew who the fuck he was because he was a nobody. And then he, and then he took PEDs, got bigger and stronger, and started hitting home runs at a prodigious rate. I, w- <laughs> whatever the case it may be, give me another baseball player who was kind of meandering as a nobody and then ends up exploding. Uh, Brett Boone. Oh, sorry. PEDs again. Oh. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, there was that. Who, uh, <laughs> who's... I could do that all day. All right. Who was the Toronto Blue Jay that suddenly became a, a huge home run hitter? Um, he, oh, oh, Joey, Joey Batista. Joey, yeah, Joey Batista. Yeah, another yeah. one, Joey Batista. You look at his back of the bubblegum card and go, hmm, nothing, nothing, nothing. Whoa, what the fuck? Yeah, I do love, I do love, he was a Baltimore Oriole for a hot minute, and, and they were like, well, he went down to, to summer ball and he put a late kick in, and that's, okay. <laughs> A leg kick, okay. That, that'll do it. Each time, yeah, every time. A leg kick. <laughs> a leg kick plus regular injections of androstenedione. And next thing you know, exactly. he's hitting exactly. home runs. Yeah. Well, anyway, um, back to the LeVar, back to the LeVar ball thing. Fruit. Yeah. So, But yeah. here's the thing. When, when Sam Batesh presides over the whole, hey, man, LeVar Ball just body bagged Christine Leahy, totally disrespected her, turned his back, said, stay in your lane. We probably shouldn't have him on again. Somebody at the network level higher than Sam has to sign off on him coming back on, and they obviously did because FS1 had him back on again once things settled down. My question for ESPN, still the wokest of the woke, even though they're not carrying it on their sleeve as much, will they let LeVar Ball back on the show, yes or no? Hell yes. It'll be like a month, maybe two, and they'll have him back again. They can't help themselves. It's like... It's like uh, it's like being at a rib joint. You just got if you, and you get all you can eat ribs. You're not going to have just one plate. You're going to have like seven. Exactly. Give me some more of them ribs. Mmm, they're yeah. delicious. And you work hard, you work less hard all the time to get all the meat off of the ribs. 
You're just going for the because it's all you can eat. Yeah, right. It's like all you can eat crabs. Pretty soon you're just cracking open the claw and throwing everything else away. Hey, man, there's a lot of meat in there. Yeah, I know. I've (laughs) been eating these all day. (laughs) Well, uh, the 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 actual thing is that the the expression, Jay. I think you and I would agree is dot 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 with you anytime when referencing a good-looking female is always a sexual innuendo. Is it not? Yeah. He said, you can switch my you can we Switch can, gears can switch with gears me anytime. Anytime. I was like, what? Wait, that meant nothing. He didn't pull his penis out and whip it around the set. He just said that's, that. That's not the bar like, for good behavior, Jay. Come on now. No, but you would agree, though, that the expression, whether or not it's we should make a big deal of it, but when you say to a girl, I'll do blank with you anytime, blank could be anything. It's the with you anytime means boingity boing boing. I, I no, I, I can't, I can't, I can't fault Lavar on this one. As much as I dislike him, I can't. Huh. I, I can't. I, I mean, you know, maybe I'm a, uh, a barbaric or a, a, yeah, maybe I'm barbaric or something. But okay. I don't see it on this one. Okay. While we're on the uh, NBA, first of all, what do you think of Lavar Ball and his kid being shipped to New Orleans? <laughs> So he gets shipped to New Orleans, and everybody is like, oh, New Orleans is going to be good. Like, Have you seen Lonzo Ball play? He can't shoot, and he can't stay healthy. I don't understand the fascination. I have a lot of friends who keep telling me Lonzo Ball is going to be good, and I'm like, I don't see it. I'm sorry. Thank you. I don't see it either. Just like I don't see it with Ben Simmons. Just like I don't see it with Jimmy Butler. Oh, I, I'm so with you on the on the Ben Simmons train too. Yes, another guy. I don't get it. He's been in the league three years and has gotten no better at shooting in those three years. I was this way on. Uh, I was this way on Carmelo Anthony when it was not fashionable to be this way on Carmelo Anthony. I said, "Yeah, he scores, but at what cost? Defense is a triple minus. Attitude is a shit." Who cares? I'm like, have him if you want. He doesn't win anywhere. Oh, no. You, now he's in New York. He'll have a good situation. Didn't move the needle there. Went to Houston as a ride-along. Now nah, we don't need him either. I think he's, he's retired The only place he's won was his freshman year in college. That's it. And the Olympics. He is the good. They, they, people say he's the greatest Olympic scorer of all time. <laughs> of I don't course. know what that means, but okay. That means if you put 11 other of the world's best players with him, Carmelo Anthony is just fine on that team. Right. <laughs> That's, uh, well, he doesn't have to play defense, doesn't have to pass the ball, just stand there and shoot at that what, 20, 20 foot. Is that what the international three is? Uh, he, yeah. He was a killer yeah. in international basketball. Uh, apparently, Chris Paul and James Harden, their bromance is over. They are BFFs no more. They are frenemies. They want to be separated. What do you make of it? I saw where Chris Paul said that news to me. He was talking to Stephen A. Smith, mm-hmm. but he never did say he didn't want to leave. He just said, I never said I wanted to be traded, which means he wants to get the hell out of there. Right. Why would you want to play with James Harden if you're anybody? But he went there with the express purpose to do that, and it was all going to be like, yeah, man, me and my buddy, the beard, we're going we're gonna to dominate, right? You don't think you don't think the uh, Anthony sold him a bill, a bill of goods going? We're going to do this, this, and this. And he got there was like, wait a minute, you didn't do anything that you told me you would do. <laughs> I don't know if that's the case. It, I mean, they they were great in the regular season. I didn't hear this bitching and moaning when they were racking up sixty plus wins. 
But when Harden was injured, they had they were scoring at a better rate. They were, were they really? the ball. And Harden comes back and it's pound the ball for 15 seconds, shoot and either get fouled or shoot a three. That was the whole offense. Huh. All right. Well, how are you going to move Chris Paul with his massive with that, with that terrible contract? I don't know who's going to take him. Yeah. A slow, high thirty-year-old point guard who can't get by anybody and can't more. Who's going to take him? Yeah, good point. Uh, we mentioned last time we talked about Kemba Walker, and you were very high on him. I need to watch more NBA because obviously everyone else is very high on him. But he apparently liked Charlotte so much he came out and said, "I will. I don't need the supermax to stay. Make me an offer." Oh, I didn't see that. Ooh, I didn't see this one. Yeah, which personally I think is dumb. Don't ever say you don't have to pay me the most you're you're allowed to pay me because that's eighty million dollars of difference. And very few guys qualify for the Supermax. My my thinking is, though, Jay, teams are going to stop giving these out to just about everybody. The only guy that I think a team would be happy giving that to is Giannis here with the Bucks. Didn't you say that Chris Middleton is going to get a Supermax? Max. Not, no, not Supermax, just Max. And what is, what is that, $100 million? It's like 160 It's... It's that a shitload. ridiculous for Chris Middleton. I would say it's enough to last a lifetime, but hello. <laughs> We've seen guys go through it. What are you saying? NBA players don't know how to spend their money? Stop it. No, I'm saying, uh, who was? hello, Antoine Walker. <laughs> he made like a, hello, uh, Latrell Sprewell. <laughs> and Antoine Walker, by the way, now gives advice to players. Does he really? Yeah. Which, I guess that's the guy I want to hear from on how to lose it. Wow. I guess that's who I want to hear from. Yeah. Did, uh, did you just put your phone down real quick? You walking in the house? Yeah. I did. Sorry. Oh, that's okay. Very good. And we're back. And we're back with Jay Cottrell right now <laughs> on Strictly oh, Speaking by Sports. The way, oh, so I, I'm waiting to talk to you. I was listening to your podcast from Monday. I was driving back from Richmond, seeing my dad, and I was listening to your podcast. Thank you for listening. Did you say... <laughs> Your producer in Milwaukee, hey, he's got a really good-looking wife, and he ain't that good-looking. That's basically yeah. what you said. Oh, yeah. Did he, punch, did he punch you? No, no, he didn't punch me. <laughs> I was like, that is a diss of ultimate proportions. No, no, he admits yeah. to it. I, when you say to a, a man, you've outkicked your coverage. Your coverage, yes. That is a compliment to you. It means either you've got a stellar okay. personality or a meat stick the size of a Louisville slugger. One way or the other, you're doing great. Now, uh, bowling. I'd like to discuss that. Bowling, not a sport, but you <laughs> used to do it as a youngster. I agree it's not a sport. It's a, it's a, it's a game, activity. and it's a recreational activity, which will annoy some people, and they'll say, well, pff, golf, same thing. Golf is a sport. Golf, golf is, is a sport. sport. Um, bowling, yeah. I'm, I'm, well, I'm retired from bowling, Jay, as you heard from the Monday I did, podcast. I love that story, yeah. Nearly you, blew you out my knee hurt. bowling. An ACL oh. from bowling. Oh, my God. I mean, it would have been the stupidest, most aggravating, insane thing in the world. Well, no longer will you have the lovely uh, bowling alley pizza, which I believe is uh, one of the five greatest things on the earth. <laughs> really? I don't know what they—I don't know what they do to it, but it's always delicious at the bowling alley. <laughs> well, I think it's because it has the flavor of desperation all over <laughs> it. <laughs> okay. One of the guys at the bowling alley pointed around 
He's a native here in Milwaukee. He said, see this? See all that? See those two girls there? See that guy? That's what comes to a bowling alley on a Saturday night in Wisconsin. It ain't pretty, but it is what it is. <laughs> they're just they're just there to hang out, get drunk, maybe meet someone, maybe roll a few lanes, few few games, and then call tonight. I ain't got nothing against those people. I ain't got nothing against bowling. I'm just retired because I don't care to blow out my knee while doing it. Did you see the Lenny Dykstra story? Yes. $80,000 in fake teeth? I talked to a dentist today. We were on a sales call, and I said that story to the dentist. I go, eighty grand. He goes, no. And I said, yeah, okay. And I said, yeah, but Lenny claimed it had real bone marrow in the fake teeth, and the dentist is like, why? You don't need bone <laughs> marrow in a set of fake fucking teeth. It's just you can't teeth. believe anything Len Dykes just said. Exactly. And then when I heard that a former wrestler by the name of Sprinkles the Clown was helping him look for it, I'm like, nope. Not the case either. He's desperate for attention. There's no question about it. This got him in the news cycle. And again, I'm falling victim to him. I'm falling into his trap by talking about him. He's desperate for it. And a known liar and scammer. Yes. Oh, he went to jail for that. Oh, yeah. Big time. My, my, uh, Gary, my, Gary Woodland. Gary Woodland. I need to get thoughts on him. Great player. Basketball player, Jay. I saw him shooting. He has a nice stroke. Do you know they what? Were somewhere, they were somewhere recently, and he was shooting jumpers. I was like, that guy can stroke it. He went to Washburn University, wanted to play at Kansas, uh, was not recruited, obviously. He said what knocked him out of basketball, finally, trying to guard Kirk Heinrich when Washburn, which is in Kansas, would play Kansas KU. And he was like, this guy's wearing me out. And that is a low-level NBA player who's also white, Jay. Gary Woodland also realized, yeah, this basketball thing, I love it. I don't know if there's a future there. Someone convinced him to focus on golf. So he, he's an athlete and a good guy, quiet guy, not much of a personality, but unbelievable victory at Pebble Beach. I became a fan of his after the video about eight months ago, maybe six months ago, of him playing with the young lady who had Down syndrome. Oh, yeah. Amy Brockerset, I believe, is oh, her name. Who, by the way, is the most confident golfer in the history of the world. Confident? Did, did, did you see her? I got this. I got, I got this. this. I got this. <laughs> she, she was awesome. She sank like a 20-foot a putt. <laughs> well, I get, I get from the sand. Like, like I know. Way. I know. Yeah. It's it's great. And how, how about when she's walking down toward the green down the the walkway or the fairway and and she said they love me they love me, they she, love me. i mean god damn if you, that doesn't make you water up right there it's amazing and uh yeah it's great we need we need more programs like that for uh special needs kids to be a part of the game it's very cool so i became a gary woodland fan after that well there you go uh here's the thing so how much of the tournament did you watch uh the, the whole i loved it being on at like eight o'clock at night wasn't it god, great can we do that yeah, I watched the, the the whole entire final round. Yeah. The three-wood Woodland hit from 263 to that green, number 14, is one of the most insane things ever. I can't even begin to explain how crazy, risky, and low. The, the probability of that ball landing like it did was so low that even for a tour pro, that was a dumb play. But you know what he said? Fuck it. I'm here to win this thing. We're going for it. And he hit a laser, a missile, 
263 in the air. I went and with I the went three wood. With the three wood. Would make you good. Well, it make you look at your clubs and go, I'm done with this. I can't do that. <laughs> right. I, I went back and I did the frame-by-frame frame of the ball landing, and I swear, Jay, it landed right on the edge, the brow of the bunker, so it perfectly killed the momentum, so it landed a lot softer. If it carries two feet further, it lands up top where it's flat and takes a wild kick over the green, down the hill, 20 feet away, and now he's going to be lucky to make par. It was just, it was part balls, part just luck. The gods smiled on them right there. It's a game did they get big ratings on this one? They did. They got good ratings. I wouldn't say big ratings. It's like the best U.S. Open ratings uh, since 2013. Without Tiger. I know, and I just saw it today. Tiger apparently is not playing until the British Open, which is now the final major of the year, and that's not till mid-July. So it looks like... Tiger is now, Jay, basically a majors-only player at age 43. Well, he, whoa, my oh. phone works. Sorry. <laughs> I, Ladies and gentlemen, I, Jay Cottrell has received a home telephone call. Which I'm not going to answer because it's probably somebody trying to sell me something. Oh, you know what I want it to be? I want it to be somebody doing political polling or campaigning. Oh. oh, wouldn't that be rich? Jay's in <laughs> politics now, and he too is besieged with calls. I, Vote for you, Johnson. By the way, are you getting ready for the probably the greatest one and a half years we will ever have in the in the political history? Biden and Trump going head to head? Jay, let me just I say this. Wait. I let, can't wait. Let me, let me just say this. You know, we don't really talk partisan politics on this podcast because, like Satchel Paige said once about fried food, it angers up the blood. Yes. Not to be partisan, but you and I can talk about this as friends in a global standpoint in terms of, okay, whoever wins is who's ever going to win. I can't. I got one vote like you do. I can't control it. I'm not going to get hung up on it. But here's the thing. I saw the other night that Trump filled – sold out that stupid arena down there in Orlando for his rally. Sellout. Did you see that? I'm going to say I think they they got that. They, they showed shots like a WNBA game. They never panned out. I'm, I, I don't saw, think it was 100,000 people there. No, 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 no. It's not 100,000, but it was 20. I mean, not, I mean, I mean I'm sorry, 10,000 10, people there. Okay, well, sorry. you know what? Maybe it wasn't filled. And the wide shot that I saw that purported it was filled, they said that they were camping out hours in advance. Oh, God, first, no. I know. First of all, uh, I, I wouldn't, if Jesus Christ was doing an appearance, I would not camp out to see him. I would say, Jesus, <laughs> I would say, Jesus, thank you for dying for our sins. I know you're busy. I'm just going to sit this one out because I don't want to camp in a tent outside of Best Buy just to see you. I wouldn't wait to see any fucking politician. No, no matter how much what? I like them, just to blah, 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 blah. Also, Trump's speech was typically wild and careening from one point to another with the usual Trump things like starting chants of CNN sucks, at which point CNN cut away from the actual political rally. I, I zoomed out to 30,000 feet from a perspective standpoint, Jay, and I said... Well, holy shit. Our politics are now nothing more than John Cena versus The Rock <laughs> versus The Undertaker for the for the highest office in the world. 
How did we get here? Am I wrong? He he said he's going to cure cancer, cure AIDS. (laughs) (laughs) I think it all started with, oh, my, oh, what was was the guy, the Democratic, I'm going to go here, I'm going to go there. (laughs) Oh, yeah, Howard Dean. We're going to go to Iowa. We're going to go to Kansas. Ha! I think it started with Howard. I think Howard (laughs) Dean ushered in the new era. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Um, that that come was. Come on, you 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 gotta think this is just going to be great television. I you know what, think. Jay? It, it'll be great television as long as you don't care who wins. And I'm hard pressed to find enough people in life that can take that stance. There are people that take this so seriously that have such a vitriol for Trump, and also the same who have the equal vitriol for the Democrats that they think their life is going to change based on who wins. And it's a little bit crazy because, yeah, your life will change perhaps a little bit. But in the end, you're just getting worked up over nothing, man. Vote for who you want to vote for. If you want to organize to get politicians in office, it's better to organize to get politicians at the lower levels, like, you know, where the level that you work at, to affect real community change with, you know, laws that will actually change people's lives on the ground. The thoughts and views are totally of Steve Zabin, not of this network. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. What I what I find fascinating, too, as we're just being neutral, objective observers of this thing for the next year and a half, so far, Biden's strategy is to not campaign. He's not showing up anywhere, Jay, because they're afraid he's going to make a gaffe or he's going to go sniff another woman's hair or, or grab another woman's butt. <laughs> right. And so he's he's polling so well. It's like, fuck it, I'm not going to go out campaign. Could Joe Biden, for a year and a half, pretty much not show up and say on election day, it's either me or that maniac who, with the orange hair who's been in office four years, make your choice and let me know. Wouldn't that be well, unprecedented, but- amazing in the history of politics if a guy said, no, nah, I'm not going through the normal circus of bullshit. You know who I am. He's got to go campaign, though. I know. He will at some point. He's going to have to be up on the stage during debates as well, and that's right. going to perhaps shift things. But, yeah, it is uh, it is fascinating. I'll grant you that. It's almost like Biden right now is saying, you know who I am. Google me. Google me. <laughs> and drop the mic and walk off. Yeah. <laughs> right. I've, uh, I've done some shit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm generally amiable. I'm a little bit creepy. I'm a mainstream Democrat. Uh, I've been around. Um, yeah. Well, you... Go ahead, buy me. Buy me as your candidate. Problem is, is he's old and white, and uh, that's not exactly the hot flavor in the Democrat Party these days. Old and white. Well, I don't. Well, I wouldn't vote for Kamala Harris, and I wouldn't vote for Elizabeth Warren. So, I'm just saying. Would you vote for Bernie? No. <laughs> who's your Who's your horse on that side of the race? I don't. If I had to. Actually, the dude from Indiana, Buttigieg, not that, not that bad. No, I think I think Buttigieg's the smartest of them, to be sure. Yeah, but if smart. He didn't have one bad check mark by his name. He'd be, he probably would run away. Oh but shit! He, are you <laughs> are you saying being gay would not carry certain demographic segments of the populace? No, no. America's I mean, not ready for its first openly gay president. We've done black, haven't done woman. 
We'll do them all. If we live long enough, we'll do them all. Black, woman, gay, trans, robot, alien, you name it. I I like him. I said, like you said, he's the smartest out of the whole bunch. But that check mark carries yeah. a lot of cachet. That's the only thing. Yeah. I, well, it, it, it'll be an interesting year and a half if you're into that. I'm telling you, I can't wait. I cannot wait just to watch. Because you, like me, love watching election night and, and debates. I love that. I can't yeah. wait. Problem is, so much of the uh, so much of the debating is. I mean, especially now, it's not of substantive issues about hey, how are we going to run this country? It's not. You know that. It's just name calling, back and forth thing, a bunch of what about isms. It's pretty much calling each other out on scandals and stuff. And I don't know. I have a dim no, view. Of, I have a dim that's, view that's, of politics that's a these depressing. days. Well, I, I do. I mean, if if you're telling me there's going to be a substantive debate about the EITC tax credit on the upcoming election, fine, let me know. If you're going to say that there's going to be a nuanced view of NAFTA and other trade agreements around the world, I'd like to hear it. If you're going to tell me the benefits or perhaps the downfalls of the progressive tax rate once you get above the 50% bracket, okay, fine. How about supporting rogue regimes and far parts of the world and whether we're getting a good return on our money or developmental investments in the third world. You want to talk about healthcare. that shit? Does somebody have a good idea about health care? That's another thing. Health care. It's a tough one. But I mean, we're not going to get Nixon versus Kennedy. No. We're, I hope we're not looking for that. I just want something that'll that'll keep my interest for two hours. Oh, That's it, what I want. It'll keep your interest. It'll probably be a train wreck, but it'll keep your interest. Jay, I'm flat out of time. Two minutes before the afternoon show. God love you. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye now. I'll end on this today. Last week it was, I believe, producer Solly said, you know, a lot of people hate you, Zabe. That's why sometimes when you ask me for a guest, I don't get them because I reach out, they don't get back to me, and I just assume they hate you. <laughs> well, we then started ticking out. I was like, I don't, I'm not hated by many people. Okay, there's one and there, that that person. Yeah, okay. I thought I got it to about two or three or four or five people in the media. And by the time the segment was over and by the time the hour was over, the total was up to like 22, which is fine. Because, you know what, you're not going to like everybody. You're not going to respect everybody. And sometimes you're going to have to draw the line on certain people that you have on as guests and say, you know what, no, fuck them. I'm, I'm not about anything that they represent. And they feel the exact same way about me. This guy, Zabin. What a scumbag he is. No way. I, I want no nothing to do with him. Okay, fine. Let me tell you about two guys that I do totally respect, and I do appreciate the fact that they came on my show both on Wednesday. Mike DeCourcy, Sporting News, at TSN Mike on Twitter, also the Big Ten Network, and then Rich Lerner of the Golf Channel. Don't know if he's on social media or not. He doesn't have to be. He just does great work for the Golf Channel. I like both these guys because they're both great, easy interviews. They're both extremely smart. They do relentlessly quality work in their respective fields. DeCourcy on college hoops, Lerner on golf, and it's never about them. Their work is never about self-aggrandizement. They never reach for the cheap, low-hanging fruit. They deliver quality and thoughtfulness. And they are also civil, even when they disagree with people. Now, I haven't seen Lerner on social media debating people. I don't even know if he is. If he is, I should probably toss him a follow. 
But even when Mike DeCourcy gets into it on Twitter and arguments about college basketball or whatnot, he's always very civil. It's amazing. He has not sold his soul to the siren song of the 240-character rock fight that is known as Twitter. And I had good conversations on Wednesday with both those guys. I really appreciated them. So I guess that's my way of saying, thank God, there are people out there that do quality work that is not about them, that is not douchebag hot takery, and it's appreciated. And that'll do it for me today. Thank you for listening to a sort of semi- version of Hotel Confidential. One more day here in Milwaukee, and I'm going back to D.C. Looking forward to seeing the family and the kids. And uh, I've had a great time here this week, and there'll be many more weeks when I come back up here and be part of my 97.3 The Game family. If you are an unpaid listener of the Zabecast, consider subscribing. You get Fridays included, five bucks a month. That's $1.33 an episode on average it's well worth it i can assure you helps keep me motivated helps uh keep me going and yes it helps the side hustle it's never anything wrong to have a side hustle in life thank you very much for listening and downloading tell a couple of friends and we will see you tomorrow you and me doing-